Joe Biden calls for the truth to be silenced as he builds a concrete wall around the White House. The Supreme Court has struck down Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses with over 100 employees. But let's talk about the very important detail that many are overlooking amidst, amidst the celebration. The Ronald McDonald House has evicted a four-year-old child with leukemia over vaccination status. And in an attempt to make this show more lighthearted than last, we'll play a video of what may have been the greatest troll of all time. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode as we delve into the complete insanity that we are all living through every single day in the modern time. Now, before we get into the news, I would like to remind you guys, because YouTube, our biggest platform, does not like our show and does not like it to live here, please remember to go subscribe on Rumble and Odyssey. I do have a Rumble channel now. You guys can find the link down below. Please go subscribe there. Also, I'm on Odyssey as well, which is another YouTube alternative. So go check out those different platforms. And if you would like to support me, remember, you can always go to savsays.locals.com to go become a supporter over there. And most importantly, our second biggest platform for the show is podcast. So please go check the podcast out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you like the show, please go leave a five-star review. Now, I want to start the show off on a lighter note because last episode, I definitely got more emotional regarding the state of where we're currently at. And many of you reached out and thank you guys so much for that. I read all of your messages and emails and I really appreciate how supportive you guys have been to me. And I'm glad that we, again, are all in this situation together. We're all feeling the same thing, some of those same emotions. And I appreciate your support. Last episode... Very, uh, it was not as lighthearted as normal. And so this episode, I want to start off with a video that I have watched at least 10 times. It is absolutely hilarious. And it's of a man named Alex Stein 99 at Dallas City Council basically trolling them for three minutes straight. It is the best rap I've ever heard in my life. And it's freaking hilarious. Let's listen to this amazing performance. Don't hesitate. You gotta vaccinate in the Lone Star State. Vaccination is so great. Vaccinate me all day long. Vaccinate your daddy and mom. Vaccinate my body. Vaccinate me at the party. I vaccine drink. I love the vaccine all day long. I want to vaccinate your mom. I want to stick it deep in your arm. Omar, where are you? I want to vaccinate you, but you can't hear my song. Vaccinate me in my thong. Vaccination, right or wrong. Dr. Fauci, give me that ouchie. I want it in my body. Okay, I loved this video and I thought it was hilarious and I watched it for the first time and I was like, okay, I genuinely have to sit back and wonder if this is serious or not because there are leftists who make TikToks similar to this where they're praising Fauci, they're praising the vaccine and this is genuinely the level of brainwashing that they've reached where they will make songs and dances and videos like this. However, I watched the whole entire thing and I was like, this guy is a troll and this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I posted this video on my Instagram at Sav with one N, go follow me over there. And uh, I captioned it, this video, this is the video that made me want to get vaccinated because I thought it was so funny. And I think that it's great to see American citizens going up to their local politicians to their city councils and treating COVID like the joke that it is. Again, we're starting year three of this and that's the type of person truly that the Biden administration would hire to promote Americans to get vaccinated. And again, watching that video, that's about as, as effective as the government has been at promoting all of us to get vaccinated. So I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I found out that he actually follows me on Instagram. I reached out to him and I was like, dude, you need to come on the show because you're hilarious. He's actually really great at political commentary as well. So uh, hopefully we'll have him on soon. And, uh, you know, I love seeing people go to their city councils and go and 
either troll their local politicians or speak up and actually have their voices heard regarding all of the insanity that people are putting us through. Again, this is something that anybody can do at their local city council. They usually have open mic uh, in the morning and people can go up. They have like three minutes. You just have to sign up and then you can go and give your local politician the what for and tell them how you're really feeling about all of the unconstitutional mandates they may be pushing on you or maybe even praise your local politician if they're doing a good job. But I'd highly recommend everybody to go speak in front of city council. This is something that I've personally done when I used to live in Austin, Texas. Maybe it's something that I need to start doing again here in Dallas uh, now that, you know, we see Alex Stein inspiring everybody. So absolutely hilarious to see. But again, this is the type of person that the Biden administration seriously would end up hiring to promote vaccination. I saw this tweet today. And it's Joe Biden, and he's being quoted. He's holding up a face mask, and it says, please wear a mask. I think it's part of your patriotic duty, says Biden. And and that's the president of the United States. He thinks it's a patriotic duty for us to wear a piece of cloth over our face that is ineffective and useless, just like him. That's probably why he's promoting it. It makes sense now that I'm articulating that a little bit more. But it's not just that that he's pushing, okay? It's not just equating patriotism to wearing a face mask and protecting your fellow American. He's also calling on social media companies now to censor more because he doesn't like all of the misinformation that's been circulating around the web. And again, remember that we're living in 2022 and misinformation in the modern day just means the truth. Conspiracy theory just means, well, the local politicians or the higher ups are actually trying to hide that from the American public. So uh, we're going to slander that as misinformation and a conspiracy theory, because if it really did get out that Dr. Fauci funded the gain of function research that made everybody sick and that Pfizer and all of these other pharmaceutical companies created nine new billionaires during the course of this entire pandemic while everyone continues to get sicker and sicker and we're seeing the highest COVID rates we've ever seen, even though we were all promised that masks and social distancing and vaccination were going to work. I mean, the public couldn't handle it. The public would revolt. So uh, we, we definitely need censorship. This is what Joe Biden had to say today uh, regarding Again, Americans speaking to each other on what could be considered the public square nowadays, social media. Let's listen. Unfortunately, while our military is stepping up, as they always do, there are others sitting on the sidelines, and we're standing in the way. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it. Personal choice impacts us all, our hospitals, our countries. I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. Okay, and the last portion is what I was focused in on. But now rewatching this clip, Joe Biden in the beginning saying personal choice affects us all is the biggest load of crap as well. Now we've seen this from various politicians, mainstream media talking heads, how your freedom is selfish and we've been conditioned to view our freedom as selfish over the past two years. But your freedom is not selfish. And everybody has their own personal decision to get vaccinated. And if you want to do so, then make the personal decision to do that. But the original thing that we were told by CDC Director Michelle Walensky, Dr. Fauci himself, by Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, take your pick, was that the vaccination was going to stop transmission. And that's why it had to be forced upon all of us. Now it has been found out and we've played all of the clips and videos and sound bites of all of these same officials now backtracking on those statements because people realize that it's false and that vaccinated people are still getting and spreading COVID and are being hospitalized for it as well. Now they're backtracking on all of it. But the American public is already upset. The American public has already seen through the facade and they know that they're being lied to. So what does Joe Biden do? What does the left do every single time they know that they're losing? They silence their opponent. They silence the people that are telling the truth. They silence the people who don't want to be subservient to them because they realize that the narrative is crumbling around them. So the only thing that they can do is shut everything down and silence everything. So on top of Joe Biden calling for social media to continue silencing and censoring 
doctors and the truth about what's really going on in society. Uh, we also have Joe Biden's approval rating dropping to a new and I believe historic low again of 33% um, from USA Today. Apparently there's concerns about his handling of COVID and the economy. This comes from a, from a Quinnipiac poll. Joe Biden, again, historic like yeah, historic lows on his approval ratings here. This comes from the president who got 81 million votes, the most votes in history for a president. He's so popular. And a year into his presidency, somehow all of that popularity just seems to have vanished. It's very strange. So on top of Joe Biden's approval rating completely tanking, this is not new news, but we'll highlight this still. He's also building a concrete wall around the White House. He's calling for social media censorship, his approval rating is plummeting, and he's building a concrete wall around the White House. And why is he doing this? Joe Biden is doing this because he's trying to protect himself against Americans. And why is that? Let's think about what happened on January 6th, and let's think about what oftentimes does happen in a democracy, if you will. I was thinking about this and Democrats love to say, we have to defend our democracy. We have to defend our democracy, bitch. We're a Republic. We're not a democracy. So I don't know what democracy Democrats are trying to defend. That's probably why they're so ineffective at doing their jobs and why all of their cities and states are complete trash because they're too busy trying to defend something that doesn't exist. Yeah, we're a Republic. But if you want to talk about democracy, if you will, and the people's voices being heard. Why do you think Joe Biden is building a concrete wall around the White House? The same Joe Biden who refuses to put up any walls surrounding our borders. The same Joe Biden that's more concerned about Ukraine's borders and Russia impeding on those than all of the people in coming in and impeding on our borders. Why do you think that the same Joe Biden who hates walls is now building a concrete wall around the White House because he fears Americans, because he knows he's not popular. He knows his approval ratings are tanking, and he knows that people are not happy with the state of the country. So he builds a wall to protect himself. We saw what happened on January 6th. We have seen what happens when Americans get angry enough. They go, they have their voices heard. And Americans are very unhappy with Joe Biden. Now, I don't normally like to report on these things because I can't verify them uh, 100%, but I do consistently see screenshots of tweets or Reddit posts from people who either voted for Joe Biden or who are just liberal or leftist saying, we voted for Joe Biden because we wanted anybody but Trump, but we regret the decision, or we just wanted anybody but Trump. We hate Joe Biden as well. So this concrete wall that is going up is very symbolic of where we're currently at at a country, and it's symbolic of the stark divide between the elites, the ruling class who rules over us, who tell us that we have to wear face masks, we can't go on vacation, we can't see our family members, we can't go out to restaurants to eat, we're dirty if we're unvaccinated, these same politicians are the ones that don't adhere to any of the rules that they impose on us. They're the same politicians who behind closed doors are asking for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to be treated when they get COVID. Yeah, those are the same politicians like AOC and Eric Swalwell who were in Florida maskless saying that you can't go vacation and see your family and friends, but they can because, I mean, it's them. They're better than you. Come on, guys. So that's what this concrete wall is symbolic of. And I want you to understand what this means. And if you go to Washington, D.C., which again is our nation's capital, okay, this concrete wall should serve as a stark reminder to everybody that Joe Biden, one, fears the people, but two, knows he's unpopular. And he's building the wall because he has no plans on changing this nation or getting better he doesn't care about Americans. His administration doesn't care about Americans. Kamala Harris doesn't give a damn about Americans. We've seen that with all of their rhetoric. We've seen that with the supply chain, the economy, the way that they handle the open borders, the way that they handle our country internationally, the way they handle our military. They do not care about Americans. And again, this wall is a stark reminder that instead of maybe trying to listen to the average voter, the average constituent and understand what they are wanting, they're just going to build up a wall and ignore you.
that's what that serves as a reminder of. Also, um, Joe Biden has not held a press conference in 71 days per the GOP's official Twitter account. And I was doing some research into this because I always like to thoroughly vet everything I talk to you guys about. And I said, okay, is this true? Has it really been 71 days? And then I found this nice little article from AP News that says fewer formal press events for Biden. In his first year in office, President Joe Biden has held fewer formal press conferences than his past five predecessors. And media interviews as well. He's choosing to engage reporters informally at public appearances instead. I love how they, you know, put that little caveat in there. Uh, but let's let's delve into the reality of Joe Biden's presidency. Now, Biden has done just 22 media interviews, fewer than any of his six, my apologies, it's six most recent White House predecessors at the same point in their presidencies. The 46th president has held just nine formal news conferences, six solo and three jointly with visiting foreign leaders. Ronald Reagan, and this is my favorite part of this article, you guys, Ronald Reagan, whose schedule was scaled back early in his first term due to an assassination attempt, is the only other president to hold fewer first year news conferences. So there's your comparison and your example of how badly Joe Biden has been at leading our entire country. The only other president who had fewer first year news conferences than him was Ronald Reagan. And that is because there was an assassination attempt on his life. Let's keep going. Former President Donald Trump, who regularly um, did media interviews, did 92 in his first year in office. So first year in office, Donald Trump, 92 interviews, Joe Biden, fewer, what, 22, 22. So just another example there of um, how far gone we are as a country, truly. It's so sad to see. It really is. And uh, man, what a life. What a time to be alive. What a historic presidency to live through. It's truly insane to me to see that Joe Biden, least amount of media interviews, and we know why that is, because if Joe Biden is put in front of a camera, even if there's a teleprompter there, he still messes it up big time because he is not coherent. He cannot form or articulate normal sentences. Neither can his VP. It is because Kamala Harris's head is full of hot air. She has no idea what she's doing there. She sucked way up to the top. Let's be quite honest here. So that's the Biden administration. Just to give you guys a recap and an update as we go into two, year two of just four years of hell. Good Lord. There's also rumors right now, too, that Hillary Clinton is going to be running in 2024. And part of me is like, please, God, let this happen. Another part of me is like, well, we saw what happened with the 2020 election. Do we want a repeat of that except Hillary Clinton being the predecessor to Joe Biden? I'd rather not live through four years of Satan ruling this country, but it's all in God's hands. Now, let's talk about the Supreme Court blocking Biden's COVID vaccine mandate. That OSHA mandate has been struck down by the Supreme Court. But before we celebrate this win, I want you all to understand that politics is essentially a big game of chess. I love to play chess. And I was watching a video last night about different chess openings that you can use. And I realized that politics is essentially the same thing. You have the right and the left and you have them all strategically, you know, moving their pieces and trying to defeat the other. And I realized that the Supreme Court blocking Biden's mandate, we're all celebrating it as a big victory, but we're overlooking a very important thing that happened here. Now, the analogy I'm going to use is, for example, if you are an intermediate chess player, maybe playing a beginner, you see their queen is out, you might bring your queen out for a queen standoff, right? And somebody who might be a beginner in chess will see that you put your queen out there as bait and say, wow, they're putting their most powerful piece because the queen is, I would say, one of the most powerful pieces you can play in chess. They, the queen can move any which way she wants to. Very powerful piece, very powerful position. 
So the beginning player may say, oh, wow, my opponent is playing their queen and I can just take her. That's great. I'm going to do that. But what the beginning player may not see is that you may have a bishop or a knight set up to take their queen as well, leaving both opponents without their strongest piece. Now, when I saw the Supreme Court mandate or the Supreme Court striking down this mandate, what I essentially saw was Republicans taking the or the right wing, let's say, taking the queen of the Biden administration, right? And we celebrated that. We said, okay, this was their most powerful position and we took it. This is awesome. But while we were celebrating, what we didn't see is that the Biden administration had a secret bishop and took it our queen as well. And what do I mean when I say that? What I mean is that our most powerful and strongly held position regarding these mandates were that there should be no vaccine mandates for anybody. Nobody. Everybody should be exempt. Everybody should have their own personal opinion on what they want to do with their medical choice. Everyone should have their own medical freedom, right? So we're all celebrating the Supreme Court blocking the mandate. But what we overlooked in the celebration is that healthcare workers are not exempt from this. So the Supreme Court may have blocked that OSHA mandate. And just to reiterate, this was the Biden administration trying to mandate that businesses with employees over 100 people had to force their employees to get vaccinated. The Supreme Court struck that down. But again, we lost our most strongly held position, and that's that everybody should have been awarded that freedom. But healthcare workers are not exempt from that. The people who held us through this entire pandemic, the nurses that were on the front lines risking their lives when COVID was at its peak and we still didn't know what the virus was, the nurses who were willing to leave their family and friends and their loved ones behind to go and help your friends and family in the hospital, those same people that were hailed as heroes are now under attack. They don't have their own rights and freedoms and they are not exempt from this. So while this was a big win, and while I do want to celebrate it, the fact that we did strike down the Biden administration's queen, their strong, like one of the, like a very strong position and a very important piece of their regime, at the same time, they also took a strong position of ours. And that's that was that everybody should be exempt. So we're celebrating, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer on this one, but not everybody is exempt. So was it really a win? Because not every single American has that freedom. So that is my update on that one. That is my analogy. I hope it made some sense to you. Um, that is the best way I could describe this. And We'll see what ends up happening. We are definitely headed in the right direction as a country. However, this is not cause for full celebration because healthcare workers are not exempt from this. I posted about this on my Instagram and I said, okay, this is a great thing. It's great that the Supreme Court, which it took them over a week to deliberate on this decision. I don't know why, but they struck it down. In my mentions, in my DMs, I had so many nurses saying, but we are not exempt. We are still forced to do this. And it did break my heart because, again, these are the people who we were hailing as heroes. They are the people who took care of your mother, brother, sister, aunt, cousin during the height of this. And now they have to give up their rights and freedoms. And we've watched all the videos of nurses having to leave their jobs, their careers, having to walk out of the profession that they loved because they wanted to have medical freedom of choice as well. So that is my update on that. Now let's move a little bit into the economy as well. Uh, you know, further delving into the Biden regime and Biden's America. Uh, inflation is at a 40-year high and, um, yeah, I've been talking about the supply chain. I've been talking about the intense crunch we may all be feeling in our wallets living in Joe Biden's America. Inflation jumped at its fastest pace in nearly 40 years last month, a 7% spike from a year earlier that is increasing household expenses, eating into wage gains, and heaping pressure on President Joe Biden and the Federal Reserve to address what has become the biggest threat to the U.S. economy. Now, for those of us who may not understand the economy as much and may say, well, okay, inflation is at a 40-year high, what does that mean? I will show you what that means. Now, Emel Akin is a White House economic policy reporter for the Epoch Times. She tweets out this 
really great representation of what inflation means and looks like for the average American. Gasoline is up 50, almost 50%. It's 49.6%. Let me be a credible here with my reporting, 49.6%, almost 50%. Beef is up 18%. Pork is up over 15%. Chicken up 10%. Fresh fish up over 10%. Orange is up. Furniture, dresses, jewelry, new cars, used cars, hotels, car rentals up. Everything is up. So maybe you don't understand the economy. Maybe you don't understand inflation, but maybe you do understand that your wallet seems tighter and tighter and you're like, why the hell is my energy bill so high? And why... Am I hurting so much financially? What's going on? Well, it's because of inflation rates. It's because the price of everything is skyrocketing. And apparently we're supposed to look to the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration to correct this. And it is the Biden administration who has caused much of this inflation, the supply chain issues. I've talked about this before, how Biden has imposed these vaccine mandates on, for example, truckers or people working um in the areas where cargo ships are and, you know, all these supplies are, they implemented these vaccine restrictions where it's like, oh, well, you have to be vaccinated as a trucker to cross state lines. And then that constructs the supply chain more and more and more. And so that's a big issue that we've been dealing with. Also, Joe Biden didn't want to fully open up the economy because of COVID once again. So people were not going back to work. Also, remember that with all of those coronavirus stimulus checks, trillions of dollars were printed. So we were injecting into our economy trillions of dollars that had no backing, okay? So we're all spending all of this money, but nobody's working, no one is producing any product. So we're buying product with money that has no value or gold backing into it. And then we see these crazy inflation rates. We can't keep up with things. That's why the supply chain is suffering. That's why you go to your local grocery store and all of the shelves are empty and you're really feeling that crunch. On top of that, um, um, a record federal tax collections tops $1 trillion in three months. Total federal tax collections in the first three months of fiscal 2022, October through December, set a record as they topped $1 trillion, according to the monthly Treasury statement released today. Prior to this year, the most the federal government had ever collected in total taxes in the first three months of a fiscal year was in fiscal 2016 when it connect collected 902 billion and so that has now been topped with 1 trillion in 3 months so our government not only making our inflation rates rise not only making life harder for everyone but also collecting record taxes my good friend Harrison Smith, he points out the Fed's Jerome Powell created the inflation crisis that he now says we have to address. Fauci created the crisis that has made him the most powerful man in the world that he is now trying to solve. And the spy state orchestrated the domestic terror that they are gearing up to fight. And of course, Harrison is talking about, again, the Federal Reserve creating the inflation crisis, but again, printing money and injecting this money that has no gold backing into our economy. Fauci funding gain-of-function research and then misleading the entire country on how to handle COVID. Again, go listen to Dr. Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone. They went and talked to Joe Rogan about how early and preventative treatment to keep people out of hospitals uh, regarding COVID was never looked into or researched. Doctors were, for some reason, only looking at how to treat hospitalized patients. And when you are hospitalized per Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone, at that point, it's already too late for those early treatments that could have prevented you from being hospitalized. So that's Dr. Fauci. And again, the spy state orchestrating the domestic terror that they are gearing up to fight. For example, remember when the NSA was spying on Tucker Carlson and then the NSA conducted an investigation into the NSA and said that they weren't investigating Tucker Carlson or how the FBI did an investigation into the FBI and said that Ray Epps wasn't instigating violence on January 6th. Yeah, to see how that all works. Very interesting on that front. So just a little bit of economy news there for you. And America as a whole, whether you are in a blue state or a red state, is definitely feeling the burden of living under the Biden regime. However, in certain states, there are governors that are stronger than others. Florida being at the forefront of freedom. I do believe that Florida has the strongest and most outspoken governor, Ron DeSantis. He is a powerful leader. And he has done a great job of protecting the rights and freedoms and liberties of his people. Let's listen to 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis regarding Joe Biden trying to impose any unconstitutional mandates on his citizens. While so many around the country have consigned the people's rights to the graveyard, Florida has stood as freedom's vanguard. In Florida, we have protected the right of our citizens to earn a living, provided our businesses with the ability to prosper, fought back against unconstitutional federal mandates. We reject the biomedical security state that curtails liberty, ruins livelihoods, and divides our society. And we will protect the rights of individuals to live their lives free from the yoke of restrictions and mandates. Florida has stood strong as the rock of freedom, and it is upon this rock that we must build Florida's future. And yes, just round of applause for Ron DeSantis right there. He is a strong leader, and this is what every single governor should be saying regarding Joe Biden's unconstitutional mandates, is that, nope, we're not doing that here. We are not imposing on people's rights and freedoms. We are not going to fall under medical tyranny. So shout out to Ron DeSantis. He is the strong leader that this country needs. I know many people have speculated that he should run for 2024. I think he's doing a great job in Florida and he's uh, doing a great job of making sure that his state stays free. I've talked about this oftentimes, how the president is only so powerful and it really is up to our congressmen and our governors and our mayors, okay, let's even get down to local politics, who really need to stand up and make those decisions. So whether it's a national election or a local election, make sure you're going out and voting because those local elections actually do impact you more than you think. So big ups to Ron DeSantis. Now, what is going on in other parts of the country, specifically here in Texas? Because Governor Greg Abbott, and he has done some good things, but in Austin, Texas, we are still seeing our children being forced to mask up. We are still seeing the imposition of many of these unconstitutional mandates on Texans. For example, uh, Donna Triba from Twitter says, my 13-year-old daughter was sent to detention at school. Her crime, teacher caught her and a friend in the bathroom with their masks on their chins. They're gaslighting our kids by refusing to admit that this is hard to do, punishing them for taking a break. This is psychotic. And this is not the only parent in Texas, Austin specifically, who has talked about this. Uh, this email also came out. This comes from an Austin ISD school. I am sending this email. This is an email from the school to the parent. I am sending this email to let you know that blank is not consistently wearing his mask properly during math class. I reminded him on several days and several times during one class period, as was the case today. Please discuss with him how important it is to keep his mask over his face at all times. I've told students that if they need a sip of water, they must ask to step outside on the porch to sip their water and put the mask on before entering the classroom again. If I see this again, I will send him to the nurse for a consultation on proper mask wearing and safety. If it continues after that, he will be sent to the office and you will be contacted to pick him up at school. I appreciate your support on this matter. And this is a middle school teacher. I'm going to reach out to the parent um, of this middle schooler to see if he'll come on the show and talk to us about what parents are going through and what they're they're feeling and thinking regarding this. Because again, these are children who are being forced to mask up middle schoolers, young kids, for what? Because we have seen the rates, the mortality rates of COVID for young children, and the mortality rates is very, very low. So it's absolutely ridiculous that this is still being imposed on our kids. And it breaks my heart to see. So that's what's going on here in Texas, unfortunately. What's also going on in our schools around the nation? I saw this tweet and I thought it would, you know, be important to bring up since we're talking about the education system and more importantly, why you should never put your child into um, government education systems. Apparently, this is college in 2022. Um, this college student posted an email of her first short paper assignment. It says topic, explain why the Taliban are not terrorists. In one page, explain why the Taliban is is not and are still not a terrorist organization. You are not allowed to answer this question in any other way. An attempt to avoid the answering answering this prompt as written or trying to argue otherwise will result in a failing grade. So that's college in 2022. Please explain to us why the Taliban are not 
terrorist. Yes, the same Taliban that Joe Biden allowed to take over Afghanistan in that debacle of a withdrawal. Do you see how our children are being indoctrinated in live time? It's like, well, Joe Biden did a terrible job of letting the Taliban just come in and take over all of our equipment. I believe it was billions of dollars worth of equipment. We stranded Americans over there, the Taliban now ruling in Afghanistan. It's like, well, that was really bad. Let's now teach everyone why the Taliban's actually good to try to downplay how badly Joe Biden's withdrawal was. I don't know. That's kind of the connection I'm making in my brain there. Maybe I'm reaching on that one, but I've never seen a college prompt like that before regarding the Taliban, who we have traditionally regarded as a terrorist organization. So that's the school education system, college system here in America. Oh, man, I weep for the next generation. Now, let's talk about some COVID news as well, specifically Dr. Fauci coming out. Last show, we played the CDC retracting on many of those statements. But luckily for us, Twitter came out and was like, fact checkers report, this clip is taken out of context. And we're seeing the same thing now with the Pfizer CEO's video, which I'm going to play for you because I found it, by the way. They copy strike the video on Twitter so that People couldn't see the Pfizer CEO saying out of his own mouth that his product was ineffective. So they copy struck, striked the video, but it has since been refound, revived, and we're going to be playing it here in a moment. But before we do that, let's listen to Dr. Fauci regarding getting COVID-19. Uh, because remember, there was a period of time where it was like, well, if you get vaccinated, you won't get infected. So that's why you should really get it. Let's see what Dr. Fauci is saying now. We're not going to eradicate this. We've only done that with smallpox. We're not going to eliminate that. That only happens with massive vaccination programs like we did with measles and with vaccines, but we ultimately will control it. And if you control it in a way it's at a, such a low level and people are vaccinated and boosted, sooner or later, as we begin to live with it, what she was referring to is that virtually everybody is going to wind up getting exposed and likely get infected. But if Wow. Now, I cut that off short, but he basically says, but if you're vaccinated, then you don't have to go to the hospital for as long as you are. Your infection won't be as bad. And it's just like, but what happened to if you're vaccinated, you won't get infected as a whole. Now, everyone's going to get infected, as usually happens with viruses, because... I don't know why Joe Biden thinks he's God and could control the virus. Uh, but yeah, that's not traditionally how viruses work. So we see many of these officials backtracking on their statements. And I talked almost every single show now about how hungry people are for the truth, which is why Joe Rogan's podcast with Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter Mercola had been so wildly popular both topping, I believe, 50 million views at this point each, okay? Because people want to know the truth about what we've been living through and everything that's going on. Well, Rolling Stone comes out with this headline, a menace to public health. Doctors demand Spotify puts an end to COVID lies on the Joe Rogan experience. Unlike many platforms, Spotify doesn't have a clear policy prohibiting misinformation. 270 physicians and scientists are hoping to change that. So apparently Joe Rogan is a menace to public health for having doctors on his show who have, again, Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published doctor in his field. He's a cardiologist. Dr. Robert Malone, who credits himself as one of the original inventors of the mRNA vaccination. Apparently, Joe Rogan is a menace to public health for getting these doctors on his show. And let's let's actually talk about you know, what this headline is and the reality of what this is. It's the fact that uh, Joe Rogan is responsible for completely demolishing two years of propaganda and lies and psychological warfare on the American people. Yeah, he did that in two podcasts. So they're pissed off and they want him silenced. Similarly to how we started off the show with Joe Biden, calling for social media to censor misinformation. We're now seeing these doctors saying that Joe Rogan needs to be censored as well. And why is that? Because whether it has to do with the economy and political leadership or COVID-19 and propaganda narratives, they have to silence their opponents because they know that they're ineffective without their propaganda and lies. Now, even more people are waking up. Bill Maher, who is notoriously very liberal, has even come out and exposed Democrats for being some of the most uneducated people regarding 
COVID-19. Let's listen to what he's saying to his very Democrat and liberal base on his show. What about liberals? You know, the high information by the science people? In a recent Gallup survey, Democrats did much worse than Republicans in getting the right answer to the fundamental question, what are the chances that someone who gets COVID will need to be hospitalized? The answer is between 1 and 5%. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% put the chances at 20 to 49. So almost 70% of Democrats are wildly off on this key question and also have a greatly exaggerated view of the danger of COVID-2 and the mortality rate among children. All of which explains why today the states with the highest share of schools that are still closed are all blue states. So if the right-wing media bubble has to own things like climate change denial, shouldn't liberal media have to answer for how did your audience wind up believing such a bunch of crap about COVID? So again, Bill Maher, he's very liberal and I don't agree with all of his stances, clearly. But the fact that he's using his platform to his very liberal base and exposing these types of statistics is in itself very important because I'm sure that the people watching his show are CNN and MSNBC consumers who probably have never heard these statistics before and probably had their freaking minds blown. So I'm glad to see some truth coming to light from the left. And we're seeing Again, the thing with this too, it's like, okay, I talked about this last show. This truth has been exposed for the past two years, but now that it's publicly acceptable for these big leftist liberals to say it, now they're actually going to. Regardless, it's still important, and I'm glad they're trying to wake up their base because the faster everybody wakes up to this, the faster we all get to get back to living normal life. Now, unfortunately, in certain states, Vaccine passports are still being introduced, most importantly, at our nation's capital. Jack Posobiec points this out. Starting in two days on January 15th, you won't be able to have a seat in a diner in our nation's capital if you don't show a vaccine passport. Yes, Washington, D.C. is going to be requiring proof of vaccination at bars, restaurants, gyms, and more. On January 15th, Washington, D.C. will begin requiring that proof of vaccination. It says anyone ages 12 and older must have at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine by 6 a.m. on January 15 to patron those kinds of businesses. Then on February 15th, anyone ages 12 and older must have full proof of vaccination. So unfortunately, in many Democrat-run cities and states, that is the reality despite all of these statistics that are coming out now, despite the fact that the Pfizer CEO himself, you know what, let's listen to that clip actually. Where is it at? Because I didn't have it last show, but I have found it now. So we have the CEO of Pfizer coming out and saying this regarding his own product, but for some reason we're also forced to get it if we want to go eat inside a diner or potentially go grocery shopping. Let's listen. Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, in, in against deaths, I think very good, um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now we are working on a on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1. Let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well, and uh, of course. Okay, that's enough. But basically, in the beginning, he basically admits he's like, yeah, it's uh, potentially pretty much ineffective, but that's why we're making a new vaccine so we can make more billions and keep you scared forever. Excellent. Great. So that is uh, the big pharma industry. They care about our health. They care about our wellness. And I just truly am so grateful now that... Um, we're living through a period of time where as these lies are being exposed, your average liberal will still line up for their booster shot because you think that they're hearing this clip? No, because it's getting censored on Twitter. Now, despite all of these damning admissions that we are continuing to see day after day, we are still seeing the unvaccinated being treated as second-class citizens. We are still seeing an intense war being waged on the unvaccinated, again, starting off and highlighting how 
in our nation's capital here in America, supposed to be the freest country in the world, you can't go into a restaurant or a bar or a gym without a vaccine passport. And if we look to Canada, our neighbors, it's even worse over there. Apparently in Quebec, the Ronald McDonald House is going to be evicting families with young children who are unvaccinated. Now, this young four-year-old boy is being evicted. He has leukemia from the Ronald McDonald House because of his and his family's vaccination status, which is absolutely disgusting. Ronald McDonald House in Vancouver, British Columbia, allegedly served an eviction notice on unvaccinated children with serious illness, including cancer, and their parents. Austin Ferguson from British Columbia, the father of a four-year-old boy with leukemia who has been undergoing treatment since October, posted a video to Facebook showing a letter from Ronald McDonald House Charities. And um, basically, it goes on to say that, you know, unless they have their vaccination, sorry, get out. So that is where we have gotten to as a society. We're evicting children with cancer from places that were created to help sick children because they don't have a vaccine that isn't, that is experimental and isn't even effective at stopping the spread of COVID. That's where we're at as a society. Now they, they have a GoFundMe set up for this family. I will link it down below. It is not linked right now. I forgot to do that before the show, but I will link it down below if you'd like to donate. I believe over $100,000 has been raised for this family thus far. And I love to see fellow um, fellow citizens, okay? Because obviously we're not Canadian, but just fellow people helping people who are being attacked with these unconstitutional, ridiculous, nonsensical things. What else is going on in Canada? Canadian province announces plan to impose fines on the unvaccinated. Also in Quebec, the health contribution has yet to be determined, but will be significant, the premier of Quebec said. So Premier Francis Legault said in a press conference that the unvaccinated, despite being 10% of the population, are apparently placing disproportionate stress on hospitals in the French-speaking province. And... He's quoted saying that those who refuse to get their first doses in the coming weeks will have to pay a new health contribution, a.k.a. a new health tax. So that's what's going on in Canada. War being waged against the unvaccinated, despite the fact that I believe this is yet Bloomberg is reporting this. The EU warns repeat boosters could weaken one's immune system. Now, I wanted to show you guys the screenshot of this because Bloomberg has already since changed the headline, but this was their original headline. EU warns that repeat boosters could weaken immune system. Now, they've since changed that headline to frequent boosters spur warning on immune response. Do you see how that works? But the story and the, the facts of what they were reporting on remain the same. European Union regulators warned that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune response and may not be feasible. Repeat booster doses every four months could eventually weaken the immune response and tire out people, according to the European Medicines Agency. Instead, countries should leave more time between booster programs and tie them to the onset of the cold season in each hemisphere, following the blueprint set out by the influenza vaccination strategy. So many people are pointing out and highlighting how it is the vaccinated who seem to be the most sick at this point. Maybe it's because the vaccination affected their immune system in one way or another. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not saying that, YouTube. Relax. I'm just saying that it seems that there is a historic uptick in COVID cases now that we have the vaccination and the boosters. Why is that? Very interesting. And it's not only the EU who's highlighting this from the Epoch Times. Fully vaccinated Australians in hospital for COVID-19 surpassed the unvaccinated. For the first time, New South Wales has seen more fully vaccinated patients hospitalized with COVID-19 compared to the number of unvaccinated patients as the Omicron outbreak continues to edge towards its peak. So that is what is currently going on. But you're still the bad guy for not wanting to get vaccinated. War is still being waged on the unvaccinated. And 
many of the leaders and politicians worldwide have said that they view the unvaccinated as less than they want to make life as difficult as hard as possible for these people because this is essentially them waging war on us because we refuse to be subservient to their ridiculous protocols that are unconstitutional now here in america again we're seeing our media doing damage control and uh, per the ap no more stories focused solely on a particular country or state setting a one-day record for number of cases because that claim has become unreliable. And uh, AP's headline, Why Omicron is Changing How Media Outlets Report on COVID Data. And apparently it's just because a one-day record for numbers of cases is unreliable. Very interesting how the entire narrative continues to completely shift on that front. And my camera just disconnected, so give me two seconds to reconnect this, and we will keep going into the news here. Two seconds, guys. Sorry about that. Thank you guys so much, too, for all your support. If you are new here, I read Super Chats at the end, so I see all of your Super Chats. I promise I will get to them. You guys will just have to give me until the end of the show, and I have a couple more stories that will breeze through here, and then we'll be wrapped up for the day. Okay, there we go. We're back. We're back. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. So that's how our media is trying to run damage control, but unfortunately, still insanity in various cities and states. From Fox News, Washington State refuses help from unvaccinated county workers to clear snow affecting supply chain. And, um, yeah, this is an example of what I was talking about earlier in the show, how the supply chain is affected not only because of Joe Biden's vaccine mandates, but because certain states and cities are refusing to wor work with unvaccinated people to help clear snow because they're scared of them, because they say, oh, you're lesser than, you can't work with me, you can't stand next to me if you're unvaccinated, you're unclean. That's where we're currently at as society. Fear is such an effective tool at keeping everybody divided, and the media and our politicians know this, which is why they have tried their hardest to silence anybody who is breaking through and crumbling that narrative, because they understand that fear is the way to keep everybody obedient to them. But that fear is starting to go away, not totally for everybody, but it is starting to go away little by little, and we just have to keep pushing through. Now, we'll wrap up the show today with the ultimate cherry on top of the hypocrisy that the government or any media institution actually cares about our health. And we will highlight that with this magazine cover from the 2022 magazine publication of Self. And what we have here for my podcast listener is... A morbidly obese black woman, because remember, we have to be inclusive of all races here and all body types, apparently. Morbidly obese black woman. And it reads the future of fitness. To the right, there are the little headlines reading, announcing our 2022 fitness advisory board, the relentless reality of anti-fatness in fitness, four ways to respond to unnecessary encouragement. If this is not the shining beacon that people need to see to help pull them out of the propaganda that they have been so inundated with, if this is not just the cherry on top of the, the Sunday of lies and propaganda and misinformation that the government or any of the media actually cares about your health, I don't know what is. Remember that, let me make sure I'm getting this correctly, this was a CNBC article that said that 75% of COVID hospitalizations were morbidly obese or linked to obesity, Look at what the media is promoting as healthy. Look at what the future of fitness is. Morbid obesity. The government doesn't care about your health. The media does not care about your health. If they did, they wouldn't be pushing free hamburgers and french fries and donuts if you get vaccinated. They wouldn't be pushing obesity in your face as healthy. They would be pushing going outside, getting vitamin D, eating your supplements, exercising, lifting some weights, eating butter and eggs and meat. That is what we would be... be be being taught, okay? We wouldn't have this food pyramid of seed oils and carbs pushed in our faces that 
have been linked to an uptick in heart-related diseases and high cholesterol and fat on one's body. People love to compare pictures of what the beach used to look like during the 60s and 70s versus what the beach looks like today. Back in the 60s and 70s, everybody's fit. Everybody has a nice figure. You don't see anybody morbidly obese. You fast forward to the modern day. Is that a beached whale? Oh, no, it's just my cousin. Not trying to be rude to anybody morbidly obese, but it's not a healthy way to live. This is not healthy. This is not fitness. And just to really highlight that the obese have won, I saw this tweet, and it is a great representation of where we're at as a society. And I'm sure you guys have seen these mannequins at your local Target or at your local clothing store, at your local mall. They are There are now obese mannequins. There are now mannequins with a dad bod because all of these clothing stores want to be seen as cool and inclusive and accepting. So now they have fat mannequins to try to make the average fat American feel more included and more importantly, continue to promote their bad health decisions. This man on Twitter writes, the obese won. We shut down civilization for them. These are the statues built to honor their victory. And it is a picture of those fat mannequins. And 100%, we tore down the statues and the pictures of a thin Victoria's Secret model or a fitness model on the cover of Self. Self, we have torn down the image of a strong man who drinks raw eggs and eats meat and provides for his family. And we have instead erected the statues of morbidly obese dad bods as the normal, the new normal in society. This is not what I want for my new normal. You know that eating an uptick in seed oils and being morbidly obese, that's linked to infertility. That's linked to low testosterone. Why do you think society has degraded so much? Because of the food that we're eating, because of the media that we're consuming, and because we tell fat people that their lifestyles should be not only applauded, but promoted to everybody. Absolutely not. No fatties allowed. And if you are overweight, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to save your life. Go lose some weight so you can live a long, healthy, and prosperous life and fight for your rights and freedoms. Don't end up like this gentleman, John Reyes, who says, even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. God bless her and all our frontliners. Time to make her some breakfast. And the comments in this thread are absolutely freaking hilarious. This is a man who took a picture of his wife shoveling snow after a 12-hour night shift. If I had a boyfriend or a husband who ever did this. There would be no more boyfriend or husband, mind you. People absolutely roasted this man in the comments. For example, one of the most liked comments and ratios on this tweet, because the original tweet has like 46,000 likes. The first comment below it is a stock photo of this man in a robe drinking out of a little espresso cup saying, I should take a picture. And it has almost 100,000 likes. And the responses to this are just brutal. But that is your modern day man. Your modern day man, instead of being a real man and going and picking up that shovel and shoveling the driveway for his wife says, I'm going to tweet about this on social media so everybody could see how good of a husband I am. Because I'm going to go make my wife breakfast as she does the hard labor of shoveling snow in the driveway. I am baffled at the modern day. I really am. I'm not surprised, but I am just baffled that this is where the average man is at. I doubt that any of my listeners fall into this category, but if you do, this is your wake-up call and this is your sign from God to get your ass to the gym. Get your ass up tomorrow, go lift some weights, go drink some raw eggs, and go be a real man. All right, that's all I got for you guys on this episode. I don't mean to be harsh to anybody here, but I am a big proponent of tough love. That's what I respond best to, and I found that people who were bullied when they were little kids... They learned how to handle harsh words. They learned how to handle criticism. And they're the, the most successful in the modern day because they didn't let their emotions and their thoughts and feelings impede them from becoming successful. 
And I've been thinking about this as well, how the whole entire self-help industry is so toxic. And I have self-help books myself because in my early 20s, I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety. And I was like, oh my gosh, what should I do? How do I, you know, hype up my self-worth? And instead of reading my Bible and going to God, I was reading these self-help books about like, oh, just love yourself, just treat yourself, just, you know, remember that you don't have to always work so hard and don't always push yourself so hard. If you need to treat yourself and you need a break, don't work and don't just, you know, put off what you were going to do. Don't pressure yourself. Just let yourself relax. No, I have the opposite mindset. I have the mindset that if I don't want to do something, I still force myself to do it because everybody in the entire country, and we would be vastly different as a country if we did this, everybody every single day should be doing one thing that they hate. I do one thing that I hate every single day, whether that's going to the gym and lifting weights, whether that's running, whether that's eating healthy, whether that's not drinking the glass of wine that I wanted to drink, whether that's researching something that's kind of boring to me, reading a book, I make sure to do something that I hate every single day, something that challenges me every single day, something that I don't want to do every single day, because you do not grow, you do not succeed, and you will never peak as a human if you continue to coddle yourself and you continue to feed yourself this lie that you should just relax and you can go to the gym tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I might be a little bit self-conscious about my body, but it's just society telling me that obesity is wrong. I should love myself. You should love yourself, but you should love yourself enough to be healthy and prosperous and wise and educated and knowledgeable about how to properly take care of your health, both mentally and physically. I didn't mean to end the show with that rant on how we should all be physically fit, both mentally and physically, but there you guys go. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. Please, please, please remember to go follow the show on podcast. And if you like the show, go leave a five-star review. It helps us grow in the charts. It helps other people find the show. Go leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I want a thousand five-star reviews at the end of the year. If you guys like the show, of course, I would absolutely love it. I'm setting big goals for the year. I would love the show to grow. Please remember to like and subscribe if you're here on YouTube. Share the show with a friend. Go follow me on all of the socials down below. Go follow me on Rumble. Go follow me on Odyssey because YouTube can continue to try to, try to silence the truth, but we will never be silenced. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I will see you next week.